I want to let you know that you've tuned into the right spot. Amen? How many of us have prayed and nothing's happened? Come on. Who's prayed out there? Who's prayed out there and then nothing happened? And you're like sitting there and you're wondering and you say, hey, did I do something wrong? Have, who's been in that? I've been in that. I've even recently saying, Lord, what about me? I mean, I just, I looked at things and said, God, I'm an anointed man of God. Come on, who's anointed in here? Who's anointed out there? You're anointed. You believe in God. You know the scripture works. But why not? I want to talk today about five different miracles. Delayed miracles, creative miracles, miracles unknown, compassion miracles, and whosoever, whatsoever miracles. You want to hear about that? I tell you, God has deposited something in my spirit. And that something is igniting faith. Igniting faith. Some of us just need a little bit of help. Come on, a little bit of help. And it pops. Come on. That's why you can be at, a, be at a, an event. And you ever been to an event where you see a lot of people there? And, well, maybe the front part of the crowd got really blessed. And they got all the miracles. And maybe some people in the middle. But definitely in the back, maybe just one or two. And you're wondering, how did God miss them? Right? And have you ever been one that God missed, that you thought God missed? And you're sitting there, and you're like, how did this happen? I tell you what, God don't miss anyone. Amen? He doesn't miss anyone. He knows where you're at. Even that little bit of faith just needs some help to get pulled up. Come on. I'm going to talk about delayed miracles. And what delayed miracles are miracles that happen already, but they just haven't gotten to you. That should be encouraging. We should hear a lot of amen on that one. That they're there, but they hadn't, hadn't gotten to your hands yet. Remember, remember in Daniel, let me read in Daniel. Daniel 10, 12 through 13. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard. From the what day? From the first day. The first day that you set your heart to pray, God hears you. There's, there's, it doesn't matter how many times you prayed that prayer. He heard you the first time. So now you guys just start praising him for the, for the return. Amen. And I come for thy, from thy words. The angel's talking to Daniel. I came from thy words. Come on, you got to grab this one. Your words move the kingdom of God. Your words brings blessings. Your words brings the things for your family. Your words don't never, ever think they have no value. The Bible says that if you speak your words, remember, they're going to come back to you, and they're not going to return void for you. Come on. And then we continue reading, But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, which stood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. So look at this. The moment you prayed, God releases. He hears you. The angel was automatically assigned, pulled from whatever he was doing. Put that box down. Take this to him. Come on. The Bible says they go to and fro, bringing God's blessings. Doesn't the Bible say that? So, boom, ministering to the saints, right? Are you a saint? All right. So, the moment you prayed, it was released. But the devil delayed it. Oh, but let me tell you right now. If you look at this prayer, if you look at this prayer, he can't stop it. Although it took 21 days, and although Michael had to come help the angel move it all the way to where, you, where Daniel was, he could not stop it. Once your faith speaks a word of faith over your life, 
Once that faith is released, it has your DNA on it. It belongs to you. He knows where you're at. We know this because Daniel found, the angel found Daniel. Did he not? He found him wherever he was. They could have moved him five or six times, different places, but the angel still would have found him. He knows your address. Don't ever worry about you got to find a place for God to bless you. God knows where you're at. He knows how to reach you. Devil's forces cannot match God's authority. Come on. What is God's authority? It is the authority of the word of God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on. He can't match that. So if you've prayed and you've waited and nothing's happened, let me tell you right now, and everybody watching on television, wherever you're watching, God is about to release your delayed miracle from, the, from where, it's, where it's stalled at into your hands. I'm going to tell you some stories here. I had a boy that I was, pray, I was praying in India, and he had crooked legs. Now, in India, when I go out there and minister, we put the women on one side, the men on one side in lines, and it's very customary how they do stuff. And all the kids just kind of run through the middle. So I'm there, and we lay hands gently on them, and the kids are running, and there's like a little stampede coming at me, and I'm playing like that game. Was it whack-a-mole? Yeah, so always somebody in the crowd knows game. <laughs> and I'm, I'm over there just going like that, but I did notice this one little kid moving a little bit slower than everyone else and trying to keep up, and, and his legs were kind of inverted. They are crooked to the point where his left was on his right and his right was on his left and just how it was bent. And I'm looking at him, and, and he just kept going. And during this, you have a lot of people to pray for, so I couldn't catch up or I didn't feel to go after him, but I just, just prayed for him real quickly as he passed. Two hours later, I'm in a city called Badapada, and I'm ministering and preaching the gospel. Two, hour, two hours later, he's with his dad working. And 80 kilometers away from the place that we prayed at. Now get this, we may have prayed in one place, but he's in another place. He's going up some stairs, he calls his mama. And like any parent with, kids, with a child with some special needs or anything, they're, they're real concerned about anything that happens to them. And soon as she gets the call, first thought she thought, was he fell down again. He got hurt. But when she, he called, he said, Mom, I feel Jesus touching my legs. Amen. Two hours later, as he gets up to the top of the stairs, and as he, he gets up there, the phone falls on the floor. The mother screams and goes, What's happening? And he's crying and crying and laughing at the same time. Anyone ever do that? You cry and cry and cry and laugh. He said, I see Jesus' hands straightening my legs. <laughs> Delayed miracles. You've prayed it, then you just have to believe. Jesus said, just believe. If you believe, you can do anything is what Jesus said. We make it too difficult. The Lord gave me a word earlier. We got to make it simple. Just believe. That's how salvation and healing work the same. Didn't anything powerful happen when you received Jesus? I mean, anything? I mean, I mean, some of us have some good stories, but most of us is by faith we receive the Lord. But in the supernatural, something powerful happened when your simple belief in Jesus' name as your Savior. The same thing with healing. You just believe. And you go on until it's manifested. Amen? So this little boy had straight legs. Isn't that amazing? There was a lady at, at the last service I did on one of my first trips there. Uh, we're in the home church that we always visit. And we prayed about to everybody most of the time. We've always prayed and prayed. And we, we uh, had uh, the prayer service and we asked 
Who, who needs prayer? Well, nobody raised their hand. And I'm sitting there like this, just like I'm looking at y'all. Just like I'm looking at the audience and looking at the TV like, okay, I guess I get to my airplane. I'm like ready to get home. And no, they've pointed out this lady, older lady, lay down in a stretcher. And she was laid down in a stretcher. She, she was just laying there, crooked, her legs, she couldn't feel them. And I'm like, oh, Lord, give me some blind eyes or deaf ears to warm me up because <laughs> this woman can't even move. I'm like, I need to get my faith going. I need something to happen for me. So I went over there and I, I said, okay, Lord. But the moment I stepped in front of her, the spirit of the Lord took over. I looked at her and said, I was a mama, darlings, I'm texting, okay, <laughs> darlings, you're going to feel your legs in one week. You're going to feel them. In two weeks, you're going to be able to stand. And on the third week, you're going to walk through this very church and testify about the goodness of God. I'm back home in the States. Three weeks later, phone rings, and I got a phone call, I got a text, and I also got like a messenger message that the three different people testifying that this miracle happened, that that lady walked in the church and that she was healed. Three weeks. Three weeks. So miracles can be delayed. They can be delayed. But I want to tell you it was a very special one. I was... And preaching, I was, I was young. This is when I knew I had miracle work of power more than anything. I was just, just uh, going to my, my brother-in-law preaching at a church I was visiting. And after he preached, the pastor of the church, he had everybody stand up and that were young men of God of faith and say, Hey, come up here and pray for the people. Well, get this. Nobody knew me. So my, I didn't have anyone in my line. I was kind of like all the way to the left. Then over there, you have three or four other ministers and the lines are packed. And I'm like, you can hear crickets on my side. <laughs> and I'm just standing there. I'm like, oh, well, I'm just being faithful. How many of you know we got to be faithful? Be faithful to what God's called you. And I'm just standing there. And someone pulls on my, my jacket. I, I look down, and it's a, little, a little young lady. And she goes, hi. I go, what's up? She's like, well, I guess I need prayer. I'm like, really? Because those lines are looking really good. <laughs> and she goes, well, i got to go to work in the morning. So I had to choose you. I had to choose you. <laughs> so then I asked her, well, what's, what's, what's wrong? What do we need to pray for? Unspoken. I'm like, okay, great. That even makes it more difficult. <laughs> That's fine. But I still remember the prayer. I said, Lord, bless this young woman. Father, give her the strength. Give her the faith she needs. Father, heal her body. Father, make it whole. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. She, she just stood quiet and looked at me and said, is that it? I'm like, well, that's all I felt to pray, but if you want more, I guess you can jump one of those lines. She goes, nah, it have to do. I got to go to work. And she just left. So, you know, six months later, everybody say six months. Six months. At home, I want you to say six months. six months. Because I tell you this, six months later, I am at my sister's wedding. And all of, I did the toast. I, and I, I finished doing the toast, and then I was about to turn around and put my glass down, and all of a sudden, someone jumped on my back. And I'm like, what is this? And I pulled this little lady off of me. And I put her back down on the floor. And she looked at me and she goes, you don't remember me. I'm like, yes, I do. I prayed for you at that church. And she's like, yes, but let me tell you my testimony. Oh, I love conversations when they start off with, let me tell you my testimony. The Bible says that we overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We can never forget our testimony. Amen. So as she, as, as she told me her testimony, she goes, but since I was a little girl, my feet were like this. 
They were so curved, they were crooked, that I couldn't have the regular shoes. I had to have special shoes. I had to have special things just for me to get ready in the morning in the bathroom to pull myself up to get dressed. I couldn't even get out of my bed without getting on my stomach and crawling to the bathroom. Now, that's, that's suffering. Wouldn't you agree? That's suffering. She said, but the day after you prayed for me, I said, oh, I don't know. This guy's crazy or not. He just prayed a simple prayer. But I believe the crazy man, Lord. If he did that, then I believe it. And that's all she told me. And she goes, she goes, but then all of a sudden, she goes, I'm brushing my teeth in the morning. And then I look back at my bed. And do you know, she goes, David, that was the first time I ever walked off my bed. I didn't even know it. God healed her legs. Now, the point I want you to get, the point I want you to grab is this. It happened afterwards. Nothing supernatural in the physical realm happened. It doesn't instantly happen. But in the spiritual realm, it was already released. And the angel was bringing it to him. Sometimes they bring it in two hours, apparently. Sometimes they bring it in three weeks. Sometimes they bring it in 24. Who knows? But it eventually gets to you, and it eventually changes the miracles for you in your life. Now, I know that for a lot of us, when we pray, we always get defeated. But we need to get up and claim those scriptures. Remember that God is real. That supernatural could happen for us at any time. When I was in Kenya, this little, this, this little boy, he, he was, uh, they brought him to us. And we're doing our crusade. And, and in Kenya, we're in the slums. And this kid, was just, he would just really looked like he was malnourished and everything. And his legs were lifeless. They just hanged. They were lifeless. And I, I looked at that, and Bishop Mike was praying, one of the guys that travels with me, and he was, he was praying over him and praying over him, and he, he, and he stopped, and I go, Mike, bring him over here. And I looked at that, and I seen that lifelessness in those legs. And I said, grab those legs. We're going to speak life into this. And, and even though we're praying, we prayed for like 10 minutes. It was the first time I really got driven to push for this kid. I seen this kid, and I looked at the mom before I laid hands on the mama, I mean on, on the child, told mama, mama, I'm going to have to pray something out of this child, and you're going to have to be strong. Come on. You're going to have to be strong. And then I prayed, and then we felt a little, looked like his legs were getting a little stiff, a little, a little stuff. I seen something happen. And then out of the other experiences I shared with you, I told the mom, listen, this is going to be a delayed miracle. It's going to be progressive. You're going to have to give him some time. But every day you need to make him walk. Every day, I don't care if you cry, you need to make him move, do something. Act it out in faith. And do you know, six months later, I'm back in Kenya, I'm at the church, and the pastor like, stands up and he goes, Brother David, I have a complaint about you. And he goes, this young man got in trouble at school, and he brought that little boy, he was walking. He got in trouble at school. And do you know why he got in trouble? It's because he would not stop running. Come on. So, let the boy run. Amen. I mean, he was like a first grader level. Let him run. He's been laying on his back for all those years. Let him run. But those are just some glimpses of things that happen for people. Those are just some things that happen for them that they were just trying and trying to believe, and it happened for them. You have to put your belief behind the Word of God. You have to trust that God can do it for you. The Bible says if he does it for me, he has to do it for you. Because if he doesn't do it for you, he wouldn't do it for anybody. He's not a respecter of persons, according to Peter. Amen? So we have to believe what the word of God does. There's another thing I want to tell you about miracles unknown. Miracles unknown is this. When something happens in your life, ain't it know about it. How easy is that? 
<laughs> a miracle happened. There's many miracles happening in your life that you don't even know that God is doing. I'm going to tell you how God does this. It's found in Romans 8, 26, 27. You need to get a pen and paper if you don't have it at home. Start writing these down. 8, 20, Romans 8, 26, 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Amen. And he searches the hearts, knoweth. He that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to what? The will of God. What is the will of God? The will of God is for you to be healed. Amen. Plain and simple. God never packages up a gift to you. And, and tell you, it gives you sickness or disease. He only gives us good gifts. Come on. Amen. The Bible in Exodus, it says, in Exodus 15, 26, it says that, the, that if you follow me and you walk in my ways, that I will not let any of the diseases of the Egyptians come upon you. Come on. Because I am the Lord that healeth thee. So if you need a scripture to say it's God's will, it is God's will for us to be healed. Jesus did his, went about doing his father's business. Does not the word of God say that? His father's business was the healing business. So when you look at this, that the spirit moans and groans, it utters, it intercedes for us. There was this Kenyan woman that I prayed for. And when I was praying for her, I was coming up to pray for her. And when I was about to lay my hands, I pulled my hands back. I just pointed at her. You're healed. And I kept going and prayed for everybody else. She's walking home and she's wondering, why did the man of God... Why, why did he say I, I was healed? Because I'm not even sick. I'm not even sick. And, the, and then the, the friend that brought her said, well, you know what? God was showing him something, so maybe it was something that you needed and you didn't know. And she goes, no way. I would know if I'm sick. More in the morning, she calls the same friend she was walking with. And the friend picks up the phone. It was so early in the morning. She goes, why are you calling so early? I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. And then all of a sudden, she's like, well, I thought you weren't sick. She goes, well, let me tell you my story. Ever since she was a little girl, she would wake up in, in like fetal position. And then 20 minutes would go by, and then her body would get loose, and she was able to get out of the bed. She thought this was normal. All her life, she's been like that. And then that morning after I prayed, she just got right out of bed. She didn't know she was sick. Come on. She didn't know she was sick. In that same conference, there was in same conference that was there was another lady, another Kenyan woman, and and she was she was coming to the soccer field. Let me tell you why she was coming to the soccer field. She lost her business. She had a big order come in, and unlike America, the kid the Kenyans have to pay for the schooling up front. You know, so it's like forty five hundred bucks or whatever it is. They have to pay up front. So she was catering and doing all this stuff to get the money, pay for her kids' education, and she had a huge order come in. And someone, someone didn't come pick it up. It just destroyed her business. Well, this woman grabbed a knife, and she was going to the soccer field to kill herself. She was going there to kill herself. And when she got to the, when she got to the soccer field to go kill herself, because she wanted them to find her body, she did not want to. She did not want to be in the streets. And she called her sister and said to feed her kids a sandwich tonight. That she was not coming home till late. And she went to the field. And when she got to the field, all she sees in the soccer goal is my big banner. I'm holding a crusade right where she went to go kill herself. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. When I walk up there, uh, she just starts, she comes in and I'm preaching. And at the, soon the spirits just changed my sermon. He goes, go, go to forgiveness. So I start preaching on forgiveness. And then she, she went and she made peace with the people that, that had done things to her and everything. She decided not to kill herself at that moment. In fact, she got delivered. And, and by the end of the week, she was saved. 
and she came up to the stage to testify about it. And when she is testifying about all the stuff, she goes, I don't care about the money. We'll, we'll make it because I have faith in God. And I'm, I'm like looking at this. And I wave at my security to bring my bag. And I took out some of the, the shillings and I just put it on the stage at her feet. Well, I didn't know what I started. All of a sudden, all the people was like, the price is right. People start running down. And they start blessing her. So we filled up a bucket, a five-gallon yellow bucket, and was pushed down, pressed over, and overflowing for her needs. I tell you, that's what God does. God not only delivered her, but he provided for her instantly the needs that she had. She did not know, but the spirit was groaning. The spirit was moaning. And the spirit put us in the right place at the right time. Because that's what God does. I was supposed to be in India preaching in, the, in December, I think it was 2013, 2014, something like that. But I was in Africa in Westgate Mall. When I was in the mall, I've been walking around. I'm having a meeting with these, these network people to try and get some Internet stuff working uh, where, our, where our camps are and stuff. And all of a sudden, the Lord just speaks to my spirit, you need to cancel India. I'm like, I love going to India, but okay, Lord, I follow your lead. Amen? I follow whatever God tells me to do. So I called my team and just one guy and let him know. And he let everybody else know. Do you know that the time that they were supposed to be in that area is when India suffered one of its worst typhoons and millions of people were killed and millions, millions, and millions of people were out of homes and stuff. And I looked at, I, I just said, oh, God, thank you. I mean, my team of 90 people would have been in the middle of that. That's the exact, that's the exact ground where all these miracles I'm talking to you about India, that's where it happened. That very ground where we minister. And I'm like, wow, Lord, thank you for doing that groaning. Thank you for doing those miracles for me. And a week after I got back from that trip, I was in Westgate Mall. And I don't know if you all remember Westgate Mall, but that's where, the, that's where the terrorist attack was. About a week and a half after I left. And they said they were going to do it a week earlier, but they just waited. Oh, man. Oh, God is good. I know everybody that's listening and watching this, this program that you need to realize God can do those miracles for you. He can do those miracles, and he's doing them now because your life could be a lot worse than it is. He's changing things in the heavenlies for you every day. He's making things happen for you, and he's creating, making sure devastation doesn't strike. He's trying to get you to the right point where the Spirit can change things for you. I'll talk to you about creative miracles, if I could. Creative miracles are just using what you can and what's around you. And it doesn't mean anything else than that. I tell everybody that. It's something that the Spirit deposits. And you just grab it and go with it. We look at Jesus, right? Jesus told people to go and put water into these big old basins or jugs. And get wine. And we read the Bible. We read it nowadays. Oh, that's pretty cool. Think about living at that time. You want us to do what? You know, this is the bride's part, groom. and all. I can't do that. I'm going to get killed. They're going to fire me. Just go get the water out of that. You're fine. Just pour it in there and it'll be good. That is something that's a, called a creative miracle. Paul took, the Bible says that God brought special miracles from Paul. You can read it in Acts. That, that these miracles, that he wrote special miracles from Paul that he took his apron that he wore and he tore it in pieces and he sent it out to villages and people that couldn't make the service. And the Bible says that there were healings and there were, there were miracles and people were delivered. That is a special miracle. That's a creative miracle. That's someone that just, I mean, who told Paul to just rip up his shirt and go? This is what some of the creative miracles that's happened that I've been blessed to see. It's, I'm all sweating and stuff, sitting down after, imagine India with no air conditioning. And I'm sitting there and drinking a Sprite and uh, just sitting there relaxing underneath the little fan, not even going like a whole thing. I can count to 100 before it does one little loop. And 
I'm like, Lord, then get back. Not that their hotel had air conditioning, but at least we're moving. I got some wind blowing in my face. And I'm sitting there, and, and this, this lady just comes walking in real slowly. And then she, her, she has her hand like this, and she pulls out her hand. It is completely crooked, bent, almost broken to the point where it's just broken. And I, cup, I cupped my hands like this. And as I cupped my hands, Bishop Mike seen a fireball in my hands. I said, put your hands through this. That was the spirit taking over. I used what I had and just let the spirit of God take over. And as she put her hands and it passed my hands, crack, crack, until her elbow got into my hands and it snapped it all back completely straight, completely straight. And then she just looks at me and goes and walks off. Amen. <laughs> I, I did assign a pastor with them and paid him for a month to take her around the villages. Because the testimonies, the testimonies are going to change people's lives. And as soon as after that, we walked to the van or the Jeep to, to go head out. And we're all jumping in. And I'm the larger fella, so I go in last. So <laughs> I'm about to jump in. And when I'm about to go in there... Uh, I see someone from the distance really sweating and her hair all messed up and she's, her hand, she's using her hand to, to walk. She's putting her hand on the ground to walk and to, and to move. And then as I'm looking at that, I'm like, I'm just letting the spirit talk to me. Do we go to her? Do we wait? And then my friend Shadrach's like, we go to her. I'm like, no, let her come. He's like, everybody thought I was the most heartless person. <laughs> the preacher don't want to walk over there to her. <laughs> but when we looked at, I looked at her, I, t I looked at Shadrach and I looked at her and I said, her faith is making her whole. That is the spirit. She came up, stood right here where this pulpit was, and tall, beautiful young lady, I'd say it's about 14, 16 years old, and her foot was where her knee was. And she's balancing, I hope I don't fall, she's balancing like that. And I go, darlings, what do you need from the Lord? Texan boy out there in India. And then she goes, I believed if I can come to the man of God on my own power and stand with, on, my, on my feet, my foot, that I would be healed. And well, I didn't even think about it. I just yanked her foot. I said, amen, then receive your healing. And I pulled her leg. And, and then when the dust settled, let me tell you, in India and Africa and America, they all go, ooh, the same way. The dust settled and she stand there. This, I mean, about 18 inches or whatever that is. That's amazing. That is a creative miracle that I will never forget. And the preachers that were with me just looked at me. I said, let's go. Let's get out of here. And I put a sign another minister with her to take her around the place. But you know what? God was able to do creative, creative miracles. I didn't think about it. I, I'm going to tell you this. A creative miracle is not something you think about. It's something you do. Can you get that? It's something you do. Right now, God is doing creative miracles for people. People with blind eyes are being opened. Eye, eyeballs are being formed. I can feel that. I can feel it. Backs are being healed. Bones that are missing, muscles and tendons that are torn are being replaced right now. I feel it coming out. I feel it. And God is doing it for everyone that is watching this right now. Believe that he can do it. Amen? And then I had this one that I really, I really love this one. So same trip. This is a supernatural trip. It's just a supernatural trip. We're, we're going to maybe the eighth place on tour that we're going through. And we get in there, and we do all the preaching and everything, and then we're about to do the lines. I go, hold on. Hold on. I want everybody blind in this house to come forward. 
And the translator's like, what? You heard what I said? Everybody that's blind, come forward. And then all of a sudden, 25 of them came forward. And then so they, they came out and they stood in front of me. And then my minister was about to pounce on there. I'm like, no, no, no. We're just going to let God do this. We're going to walk by them and then we're going to come back on the stage. We walked by them. I walked by with them, came on the stage. And I said, when I counted three, when I counted three, your eyes will open. And I wasn't giving them a choice. I wasn't giving them a choice. They were going to be healed. And then I believed and said, okay, one, two, three. Nobody opened their eyes. I go, oh, do it in India. Do it in Hindi. Go, go. <laughs> so he did that. And when he did one, two, three, 24 eyes open. 24 instantly. Everybody was excited. Now imagine family running up there after the eyes were healed, just hugging them and excited for them. I knew this was genuine when I seen the reaction of everybody and every parent, every uncle, every brother, every grandmother just grabbing the people, just loving them. You know that's genuine. But get this. The one person didn't get their blindness, get cured. She didn't get it cured. And all of a sudden, all my ministers jumped on her like she was a football on the field trying to recover a fumble. They just jumped on her. I'm like, whoa, calm down, people. Let me go see what's wrong with her. So we get over there, and I tell them just to step back, and let's talk to her. Because if she didn't get healed, God don't miss anyone. Come on. I want you to get this. God doesn't miss anyone. There's something wrong with her thinking. So let me, let me investigate this and see what's going on. What's wrong with her thinking? So I went over there and talked to her. And she said that she believed her blindness was a gift from God. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And she was an evangelist. That's even worse. And she's a preacher. And I looked at her, and I'm like, well, honey, how much more could you do for God if you could actually read the Bible and see the people that you're talking to? And then she's like, no, no. She was, no, no. And they kept trying to pray over her. I'm like, no. There's hundreds of people in here that still haven't been prayed for that need miracles. So y'all save your energy for people that want miracles and want faith. I don't have time for people that don't want to believe what Jesus has for them. So we gave her her cane and her Bible and sent her on her way. And it, that, that right there will tell you, what you believe, you will receive. If you believe that you're never going to get healed or it was a gift from God, you'll never get your healing. But if you believe what the Bible says, that he wants to be your healer, then you will be healed. Then I had a very crazy time um, when I was driving back. Oh, I was tired. This trip was awesome. We've seen amazing things, but I'm ready to go home. When it's end of a mission trip, you're just ready to go home. All of a sudden, all the cars start getting pulled over. And I have a Hindu driver, and he's been my friend for many, many years. And, and he's seen all these miracles and everything. And all of a sudden, we're, dri we're driving, and, and all the cars are pulling over, and he's shaking at the steering wheel now. I'm like, what's wrong, man? <laughs> he's like, they're pulling the cars over. We're not going to make your flight. This is going to be a three-hour delay. I'm like, oh, no, I pulled the car back into the center of the, real, of the highway, and we had a straight shot. Everybody's pulled over left and right, and I'm like, just go a little bit slower. Everybody put your belts on. I didn't know if we are going to ram the thing or not, but I just was feeling this in my spirit. And we come up to the security checkpoint, and I, rode down, I didn't roll down my window, and he's banging the window with his, his end of his rifle, and he's, like, screaming at us, and I tell him, this is not the car you're looking for. And I stared at him. And boy, that, he didn't like that. He got the, they started hitting it harder. And all of a sudden, someone came up behind him on his shoulder and grabs him like that. This is not the car we're looking for. And I just smiled. I had the biggest smile. I'm like, let's go. 
and they opened it. We thanked them, and we passed on. As soon as we cleared about the corner where they couldn't see us, I said, drive, drive. <laughs> and this guy was so excited. He was so excited about this creative miracle. He just was, he, he's seen all the things I've told you about already and even more. And he's like, I can't believe this, but your God is God. He is God. Let me tell everyone that's watching that God is God. He is God. He took his little Hindu idol, rolled down his window and said, you have done nothing for me. <laughs> and he went... <laughs> It was amazing. And he said, I am now a Christian. Amen? Amen. 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 I want to talk to you about compassion miracles. Compassion miracles. What is, what is compassion miracles? Well, Jesus showed us a lot of times about compassion miracles when he fed the 5,000, when he fed the, the, the 3,000, and I think another one was 2,000, but he fed them because out of compassion. He, even in the scripture, it says that he said, you follow me not because of the miracles, but because of the bread. But then in the scripture, if you keep reading, he, and he's, he's looking at them. He's always analyzing them. And he goes, I can't send them away. There's no place to buy meat. And that's when he did the miracles of the fishes and the loaves. He has great compassion. Jesus has great compassion. That compassion needs to move us. Amen? That compassion needs to move what we're doing. We had some people from Kandemal visit our, our event in Orissa, India. And, and Kandemal was a place where they killed over 173 Christians, 83 of them pastors. And they were all just dead. They were little tea makers. They made tea in pastor churches. Their churches were burnt. Their, their houses were burnt. They came to buy a vent to get encouraged. And this happened, you know, a year before I even been there. And when they went over there, we, they pushed our total guess a group, a group that we had to 500 instead of 300. Well, we only budgeted for 300. We didn't have enough food, what everybody was saying, to take care of everybody. And in India, it's, it's rude if you don't give them coffee or tea and a snack and breakfast or something. At least when they visit, you have to treat them well. And so they asked me to, to help them, and I'm like, well, I am not an ATM, silver and gold, I have not. Praise God. But I have faith. I go, let's go see the problem. Sometimes we need to go look at the problem. Come on. We have to just go look and see what's going on. So I went over there and looked, and their cook was complaining to the server, and the server was complaining to the cook about how many more people were going to do. And I said, look, I, I didn't have to pray about it. I didn't have to think about it. I was moved by compassion hearing their story. I wanted them in the event because I knew God would have something for them. So I said, we'll make a way. I said, listen, listen Mr. Cook. And I pulled him over, and I said, you just keep grabbing from behind you and cooking. I don't want you wondering where the food's coming from. And I went over there. I go, the whole three days, I just want you doing that. You just grab and cook, grab and cook. I go, listen, Mr. Server, or Mrs. Server, you just keep getting your little bowl and pouring the rice. And you get the chicken and put it on there. I don't want you looking in the bowl. I don't want you looking in this bowl. And then when, when she went over there, they looked at me. And then on the, fifth, on the fourth day, I was leaving. And I looked, and I seen the cook, and I seen the server throwing food away. We had more than enough food that even the holy cows were able to eat. <laughs> That's the type of miracle that God has. That's the type of miracle that God does. I want to tell you about uh, John, was it 5, five 1 through 8? The Bible says, And a certain man was there which had infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Without being made hold, the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. Well, thank God we have a Jesus. We don't need a man. Amen. When the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Jesus passed hundreds of people, even maybe say thousands of people, 
and went to one person that could not make it to that pool. Everybody else was ready to jump in. But Jesus said, they, you know, they already got their source. Let me get to this guy. This guy that can't move. This guy that can't do anything. And let me, let me pray for him and raise him up. The guy didn't seek out Jesus, but Jesus just honed in on him and took care of him. That is a compassion miracle. God will heal who he wants to heal. He will have mercy upon whom he will have mercy. And he will just do it. It's, a, it's unconditional. He just does it. And many out there are needing a compassion miracle right now. And you have to allow yourself to let God to do it. He wants to do it for you. He wants to make it happen for you. But it's just allowing him to come in your life to make it happen. When I was traveling in India, I was, I was driving to one place to another place. And we're going through a shortcut to make up time because we're running late. And I, w- I fell asleep. I just took a nap. I'm like, ah, good hour drive. I'll just take a nap. And we get into this village. It was really crowded. A lot, of, a lot of cars. A lot of people walking. A lot of traffic. And I wake up. I look to my driver, and I tell him in Hindi to stop the car. I jump out. I don't speak Hindi. I walk across the street. There's a man laying there, very similar to this story here, and a very similar story. I look at him on the floor, on the floor laying there. And when I look at him, I, I'm talking to him in Hindi. I'm talking to him in a language that I don't even speak. Praise God. And I look at him, and I tell him to get up and walk. We picked him up. And he was made straight. As soon as he popped up, everybody seen all his crookedness go away. And he stood straight. And he walked off with the bed. My translator was with me because he just ran right behind me the whole time. And he just couldn't believe it. We get in the car and guess what? I just went back to sleep. (laughs) Sleepwalking miracles, right? (laughs) Well, get this. I didn't even remember this. I didn't. Only Only reason I remember this is because two people that went with me on that trip were on my radio show. And when they were on my radio show, they told me. Uh, I asked them both, what kind of miracle was the best miracle? Or something, you can't say really best, but what really encouraged you? And they all said that miracle. And I called some friends in India that were in the vehicle, and they all confirmed it. God can touch whoever he wants to touch. God seeing his, his, his servant, David Yanis, sleeping on the job. No, <laughs> seen him resting. And he was coming and said, you know what, David's passing by. And this guy's been here for 28 years. Finally, I got a man of faith that can go and do this for me, that, I can, that is submitted, that I can get this taken care of. Who wants that to happen in their life? Who wants God to use them in great ways that you don't even remember what you did? You don't even remember, but God did it. God did that. I want to talk to you about whosoever, whatsoever. Whosoever. We're going to go into this one and into prayer. I'm going to tell you this. I suffered from um, just an injury that made it difficult to sit down, difficult to drive, difficult to travel in planes, difficult to do anything. Difficult. I could, it was just constant pain. I'm holding healing services, and during the services, I'm moving, and I think I got my healing. Praise God. No. After the service, I look like Yoda trying to get back to my room. And then I start reading this scripture here. Mark 11:23. For verily I say unto you that, who, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. Shall not doubt in thy heart, but believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Whosoever, when you see that in the Bible, means you. You put your name in there. Insert name here. And whatsoever is whatever is bothering you, whatever you need, whatever you, blessing you need to get in. And I, I read that. And when I read that, well, that pain left. But guess what? Another pain came in. It was my knee this time. And I'm holding healing services in Louisiana, and the knees are popping. I can, there's a sound of faith, and I can hear them popping. But praise God, I thought I was healed. But after service, 
I'm over there trying to get to my room. It takes me 10 minutes because I can't even walk fast. And I, but you know what? I did not stop doing my call. I did not stop. I did not stop existing. Come on. I did not go and lay in a puddle of sweat and tears. I kept praising the Lord. I kept walking it forward. I kept being a doer of the word. God says he loves doers of the word. And I kept doing it. And I kept believing. But it got to a point where I'm like, Lord, we're going to have to cut this leg off or do something with it because it's just killing me. It's hard. I'm going to have to get surgery or something, Lord. But I know that you can heal me. And I'm standing on that. And I start reading it. And then I had to look at that story again in, in Mark. And I looked at it. He, when Jesus talked to the fig tree, he said, you will not produce anymore. And you will wither and die. Oh, one of the very only illustrations, maybe the only, that he said that he didn't bring anything back to life. That he caused it to die. Everything else God brought, Jesus brought back to life almost. Almost everything. There's one of the only instances he said, you must die. And I had, I had to study that. And it gave me revelation. We have to dictate and decree the terms. Come on. It's not enough to say, God, bless me with this. Or bless me with that. We got to know our rights. And I said, Lord... I declare, I got my knee. I said, I declare and I decree that this knee will be healed. I said, knee, you will be healed. By the end of this week, that's what my faith was, by the end of this week, during this healing service, you will be touched and you will never bother me again, according to Nahum 1.9. You will never return unto me again. And do you know, I'm preaching, and that week it wasn't too hard to lay down and go to bed because the pain would keep you up. And then by the fourth night, third night, and the fourth night I was doing better. And then by the fifth night I'm preaching, and I heard that beautiful sound that I heard in Louisiana. Something popped. It was a knee. I could hear it. And I, I looked down, and I was healed. I touched the leg. And guess what? It, the healing was so awesome that I did not remember which knee was bothering me. Praise God. We want to go ahead and pray. I want everybody to say, I am whosoever, and I can have whatsoever. And I'm going to command this mountain to leave in Jesus' name. I believe. I tell you what, God does the miraculous. We just have to believe. We just have to agree with the word of God. And the word of God always is a blessing. Amen. Amen.